the goals of personal Kanban overall are to visualize what we're doing, what we could be doing and what we have done, and then learn as we go along, what is our best way of working. Welcome to the Have It All podcast. I'm Elon Ferdman, and along with my brother Guy, we're Satori Prime. We've spent the last 16 years on a quest of mastery, and not just in business, all areas. Mastery of our finances, our bodies, our relationships, and most importantly, our minds. You see, while most people fantasize about their dream life, we went out and created it. And you bet we learned a few things along the way. So if you want to gain new skills and tools that will help you achieve the life of your dreams, well, you've come to the right place. So get ready to have your mind expanded. Implement what you learn here today, and you'll start living the life of your dreams instead of just, well, dreaming about it. So are you ready to have it all? Let's go. Well, my fellow Satorians, it has come to our attention that many of you are not yet aware of some massive news in the Satori Prime world. So let me let you in on a not so little secret right now. So Guy and I have recently created an app that you can now download on your iPhone or your Android device just by searching for Satori Prime in either iTunes or the Google Play Store. Or if you want, you can even download it directly to your desktop by going to app satoriprime.com and the reviews are in and they are lively things like life-changing i love the gamification i share this with everyone in my life and my favorite how is this free so if you want to join your fellow satorians in our very own exclusive community then like i said head either to your itunes or google play store and search for satori prime or simply go to app.satoriprime.com and install it on your desktop So as soon as you join, what we're going to do is we're going to give you access not only to our amazing community, we're also going to give you access to a completely free 10-part transformational mini-series that we've never released anywhere else. And this is where you can begin to uncover all of these limiting beliefs and start upgrading them. Things like money, overwhelm, procrastination. You'll get to see how you can create accountability in your life like never before, and you'll get to experience life in a whole new way. So if you haven't done so already, come join our Satorian family today. Make sure to go download that app. And now it's time for the episode. I have not had someone that I've hunted down in quite some time like I hunted down Jim Benson. He is the author of a book called Personal Kanban. And it's a book that's changed the way I perceive productivity. In fact, He's the anti-activity guy. He is the effectiveness guy. And just to give you a brief distinction, productivity is how to get a lot more shit done. But we all know that 20% of the work that you do creates 80% of the results. Well, how do you actually focus on just the 20% and do the quality work that makes the biggest difference? And this book, I've shared it with so many people is just changing people's lives. So in this conversation, we're going to look at how you can implement personal Kanban in your life, what the strategy is, how he came about it, all of that good stuff. I was so excited to work with Jim on this, and uh, we're, we're hopefully doing some projects in the near future. So hope you enjoy this as much as I do. This is part one of my interview with Jim Benson, the author of Personal Kanban. All right, everyone. Welcome back. I'm super excited. I may become like a little bit giddy today 
Um, I read a book by someone's recommendation a little while ago uh, that completely changed my life. Since then, you've probably heard me talk about it on previous podcasts, but I actually have the author of Personal Kanban, Jim Benson, with us here today. Welcome, Jim. Thank you. It's good to be here. So, okay, I, I've already uh, fanboyed Jim the first time we spoke. And <laughs> before we go into, I have a huge amount of notes and quotes and things that I just want to kind of ask to take the conversation further. But before I do that, why don't you just tell people a little bit about how this book came about, a little bit of your history and what you're passionate about delivering to the world? Okay. Well, so I... When people ask me, how do you get to do what you do? Uh, I say, you know, what did you study? (laughs) You can't study your way into this. This is, you know, uh, consulting, especially the stuff that we do is um, something you kind of fall into. And so my original background was in psychology. And I kind of loved knowing how people think and, you know, helping people when when they're in, in trouble. And... I almost graduated with a degree in that, but as I was about to, I realized that if I did, the people that I was studying with would be my peers <laughs> and I'd have to deal with them forever. <laughs> and so I was like, whoa, these people are kind of crazy. So um, I went into urban planning. I got a degree in urban planning wow. and applied those, I- those ideas of psychology of how we can live well and work well and be you know, good, self-actualized, awesome human beings to the built environment. So how can we build the best cities, neighborhoods, transportation systems, and so forth possible so that you know people could live well? And so I did exactly that. I, I built light rail systems and did transportation work all across the United States, um, Canada, Israel, Europe, uh, Asia. I did that for about 15 years. Uh, built giant projects, so billion dollar, nine billion, ten billion, hundred billion—you know—hugely expensive projects. And um, at one point during that, uh, my business partner and I accidentally developed some software, and so we started a software company <laughs> for government, so the government would be both more collaborative and better stewards of their data. And that was kind of our our mission statement. We were rather. Um, successful at that. And it was, it was a lot of fun. During that period, uh, we realized that the coders that were working for us, we had large, you know, distributed teams, we realized that they actually didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> so from, from a standpoint of skill set or from a standpoint of managing their own time and project? Well, that's exactly it. So they, they knew what they were doing as professionals, but they were, you know, you'd say to them, what are you working on? And they'd say, I'm working on this thing. And then as a manager, you'd be like, oh, cool. And then you'd walk away. And then you'd come back a week later and say, what are you working on? And they'd say, I'm working on that thing. Say, well, why is it taking you so long? Well, because of these other things. Do you think you're working on them too? Well, I guess so. Well, how many of those other things are there? Oh, well, there's this and this and this and this and that thing. And these, and I'm helping her with that. And I had this phone call and blah, blah, blah. And soon they've, they've listed, you know, 20, 30 things. And so he said, well, what if we just kind of put up a board that showed you what you were doing? <laughs> the, first, the first board that we put up was actually a mind map. And it was, by personal Kanban standards, it was awful. 
But just the level of clarity that people got just out of putting up a mind map that said things like Alan and then had like the 12 things that Alan was working on. And then like the important one highlighted, (laughs) just that changed the way that we worked and it refined and it refined. We learned some stuff. We um, uh, learned a lot from uh, lean uh, um, manufacturing and we borrowed the concept of the Kanban and came up with the, the current form as it is now. So that's, that's the long and somewhat interesting history of that. It, it actually, there's a lot of stories in there. but Oh, I'm, I'm sure we're going to get to a lot of these stories. Um, here's, so just so people know a little bit of background about what I was looking for. I had actually read a book around Scrum and, and Lean Management, which was a, a brilliant concept. The problem was that as you and I spoke, it ended up being much more for manufacturing and kind of larger software projects and things like that. And what I was looking for was how to take that and map it into my own life. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't find anything. I was actually interviewing people who were lean managers and and certified and all that stuff, was thinking about taking seminars and all that, that stuff. And then this one girl... Colleen basically said to me, hey, you should really check out this book by uh, Benson. It's called Personal Kanban. I think it's what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So I opened it up and, and I just want to read this quote to you guys because this is how I knew this was going to be the book I was looking for. To-do lists, spawns of the devil. <laughs> like, I'm into it. <laughs> to-do list, the last bastion for the organizationally damned. They're the embodiment of evil. They possess us and torment us, controlling what we do, highlighting what we haven't. They make us feel inadequate and dismiss our achievements as if they were waste. These insomnia-producing, checkboxing Beelzebubs have intimidated us for too long. I remember reading that going, this is going to be really good. (laughs) Because everything that I'd read, I mean, there's a, I don't know the exact number, but I'm going to assume a multi-billion dollar productivity uh, world out there, you know, productivity seminars and how to be more productive and blah, blah, blah. And they all kind of fall back into this, you know, create a vision, create to-do list, focus on this, focus on that. And right away you're like, we are going to do none of that. Right. So talk a little about what's the difference so people kind of get a high level view, then we'll go into the nitty gritty, but what's the ultimate difference between what you are showing people to do and what kind of productivity and what normal, you know, everyone else is teaching. Well, so we have a, a history and this is, this is basically how the human brain works. We're, we're looking for clarity and there isn't a lot of clarity in our lives. <laughs> uh, if you have kids or have a job or exist at all, you know, that there's a lot of unknowns out there. And so we try and overcompensate by creating senses of false certainty. Mm. And that false certainty comes from things like like business plans or project plans, from to-do lists, things like that. And these end up being objects that we set up ourselves to limit our own freedoms, basically, and control us. And the, the nice thing about that is that for a limited time, it calms us down. But those 
those systems that we set up are always flawed. They never tell you what you really need to do. And you usually set up those lists based on what you wish you could get done or feel like you're obligated to do. Yep. So the, the to-do list itself turns into a little mini tyrant that says you must do these things. These are the things for you to do. And, uh, and this sounds like a um, semantic argument, but um, what we found is that in the Kanban, when we set it up and we specifically say, you don't have um, things to do, but you have options. And you can select any one of these options. You can select who you do them with, when you do them, how you do them. There are costs and benefits for starting them, but you need to understand what those are so that you can make the best use of your time. Uh, because if you don't, then <laughs> strangely enough, you're not making the best use of your time. <laughs> yeah. There's also something to be said, and, and my wife is super, super organized, um, mm -hmm. but there's something to be said when you have that list of just you know, things to do. And then someone will inevitably, you know, every single day add something to that list. Mm -hmm. And then all this other work just gets kind of pushed down. And it mm -hmm. doesn't matter what you've done that day. At the end of the day, you go to bed feeling unaccomplished. Totally. And you're, you, you stay up at night because your to-do list is just spinning in your head you yep. wake up the next morning, your to-do list is the first thing that goes through your mind and mm -hmm. you start your day basically going, holy shit, I don't have enough time to do yep. what I need to do. So you're, even before you picked up anything to do, you're already like in a state of just, oh, yeah, which is a horrible way to be effective. So that's yeah. kind of what, what I want to transition to. The next thing that you guys said, which was, like really just blew my mind was the whole difference between productivity and effectiveness. And I think right. this is the distinction I really want to make here that what Jim is going to be talking to you guys about today is not productivity training. It's right. really effectiveness training. And I have the definitions that you wrote here in the book, which is productivity is you get a lot of work done, but most of the time it's not the right work. Mm -hmm. efficiency is your work is easily done, but it's focused for, but is it focused for maximum effect and effectiveness mm -hmm. is you get the right work done at the right time. Mm -hmm. And that's what you guys focus on. So tell people more about how we transition from just being productive and getting a lot of shit done versus being effective and actually getting the right work done. Right. So uh, in the software world of, of Kanban, uh, a gentleman named David Anderson, his, his tagline is stop starting and start finishing. <laughs> we, we are ridiculously gifted at starting things. Especially and when you're Gemini's. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, and we utterly suck at finishing things. But we, we personally get reward serotonin, dopamine, our brains like to finish stuff. Mm. Um, when we finish things, we feel like we've accomplished something, but there's this nasty thing that we do to ourselves, which is that when our to-do lists are super long and we are focused just on the to-do list, and let's say, for example, that we are using a to-do list, so you finish something, then you cross it out, and then you've like killed it, it's dead and you're moving on to the next thing. 
you don't get to go back and say, hey, I did that. <laughs> and that ends up being really important for so many reasons that if I started to list them all, we would totally run out of time today. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the Kanban itself is showing you not just what your to-do list is and noting what you have destroyed from that to-do list, but it's saying, what do you have to do? And then it shows you what you're doing, which is important so that you don't start doing too many things. Because if you do too many things, you don't finish them. And the ones you do finish, you finish in a less than desirable way. And then the last uh, section of it is the done area, which ends up being incredibly important for being effective. Because then at the end of the day or the end of the week, you can go back and say, hey, look, I did things. I was pleased with what I did or I wasn't. And you recognize the things that you did. Now, the reason that when we make estimates and plans is because we're always estimating based on what we wish the project would do, not what it actually does. We don't take into account interruptions. We don't take into account all sorts of things. So, there. so what's when, when we're talking about personal Kanban, what are the main principles and ideas behind it that make it vastly different than the way that most people are taught to do work? Right. So there's a, there's a couple of initial uh, key, key tenants. There are only two rules for personal Kanban. And the reason that there's only two rules is because simple systems are more applicable to more things. So the more complicated something is, the more specialized it is. But also the more complicated something is, the more we sit there and try and figure out ways to work around it. Yeah. So complicated systems are called bureaucracies. <laughs> yeah, no system is called just screwing around. So if you want to get somewhere between just screwing around and actually and, and bureaucracy, you want just a few rules. So the two rules of personal Kanban are to visualize your work because we can better manage what we can see and to limit your work in progress because you can't do more work than you can handle. You can't multitask, sorry. You can't context switch constantly because your brain will break down very quickly. Um, you can't keep promising people things and then not delivering them and blaming other people for those, for those broken promises. So... The the goals of personal Kanban overall are to visualize what we're doing, what we could be doing, and what we have done, and then learn as we go along what is our best way of working. What tasks do we best do in the morning or the afternoon? You know, when is it a good time to reach these people? Uh, uh, this is an incredibly important task, but if I start it, the people that I'll be working with are all on vacation. So I'll get to the middle of it and I'll have to stop and wait for them to come back. Don't start it yet. Mm. Uh, you know, so as, as you mentioned, do the right task at the right times. And you can't do that unless you're able to actually see it. Hey, I just wanted to pause here for a second and tell you about something that I realize many of you have no idea about. So Guy and I have just released a brand new advanced training. So after hundreds of emails and questions constantly asking us, well, how do I have it all? How do I have it all? We've created the five pillars to having it all. So if 
any of the things we share with you here on the podcast have resonated with you, then I'd like to invite you personally to an all new training. Now you can register for the next live class by heading to www.satoriprime.com forward slash register. There you'll be able to register for the next live class. Or if you're one of these people that I need it now, you can always just watch the latest replay on that page as well. This, by the way, my friends, is a robust, in-depth training that will help you clearly see what's currently stopping you in any area of your life, be it your health, your relationships, your finances, or simply just maybe you want to manifest that big dream. It will help you with all of that. So again, go check it out by going to www.satoriprime.com forward slash register. And now back to the podcast. So the second, so first visualizing your work, which I'm sure people have in some essence done that, at least people that are somewhat productive. Mm-hmm. Um, the second piece, the limit your work part. Mm-hmm. So I, I have a rule. I accomplish three things in a day. That's mm-hmm. it. It could take me two hours. It could take me 10 hours. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, that's the game. I don't add more things. I focus on those three things. I found out even before having read your book that that's how I go to bed feeling accomplished. And my thinking is that if, say, I was to work, I don't know, 250 days this year, um, Mm -hmm. and every one of those days I've done three things to move my life and business forward, that's 750 things that I've done and completed to move my business and life forward. I think that that's going to be a hell of a year, personally, right? So. And, and I'm clear, I guess, like unlike most people, that I suck at multitasking. I mean, I mean I'm just the worst at multitasking. Yeah. Where other people believe they're really good at multitasking. But, but talk more about the importance of limiting your work. I know you guys did a ton of research, brain yep. science. I mean, there's, there's some effect that I can't even pronounce. <laughs> Zygernik. Zyger, uh, this is the effect I called it. <laughs> <laughs> so there's, there's, um, uh, again, this is like this is a super rich field, and so we never have stopped studying it because we just keep we and uh, scientists that are well funded uh, are learning more and more about this every day. Uh, at one point, Stanford took a bunch of people and said, "Do you are you an expert multitasker?" And they said, "Yes." And they said, "Great, come on into Stanford. We're gonna." We're going to humiliate you. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to see how smart you really are. (laughs) And um, so they say, we got a bunch of people that said, no, no, no. I focus on one task at a time. And another bunch of people said, we do multi, I do multitasking really well. The people who, who habitually focused on one task every time functioned better in multitasking environments than the expert multitaskers did. (laughs) Uh, and the reason is because they knew how to focus. Um, so now there's an important thing here is that, that multitasking, uh, for, for the definition that we'll use today here, multitasking is uh, I, as Jim Benson, choose to do seven things at once. Okay. It is, it may be imposed, but more or less it's a, it's a willful act to take on too much work. Context switching is a different thing. 
So context switching is I am working in one context and I'm thinking about something and now I have to switch and work in this context. And that can come up because I'm multitasking and it will come up because I'm multitasking. But as we all know, it also comes up because our phone rings, because Facebook pings, because something happens that pulls us out of the state that we're in mm-hmm. and puts us in a different state. Um, those two things added together basically make us productive and effective about 8% of the day. Wow. Yeah, it's, it, is, it is a ridiculously low number. Wow. And so when we go in and work with companies and there's an improvement, they're always like, oh my God, this is amazing. We've you know, doubled our, our you know, throughput. It's like, yes, congratulations. You've moved all the way up to 16%. <laughs> You're a well below average human being. Congratulations. So, so then there's, there's this other nasty bit because then people are like, okay, well, I'm going to like not let people interrupt me anymore. You say, okay, well, then why bother working at a company? Mm. Right? So we work at companies to be with other people. So the trick isn't to say, don't bug me. The trick is to say, I understand how my work works. I know what interruptions are because I am part of the system of this company and people are coming to me for valuable information. And if I don't give it to them, the company will die. Mm. <laughs> or are people or am I just actually or am I just actually wasting my time? And how much wasting time time is natural and normal? Because what we don't want to do is get into kind of a, a productivity focused, you will be if you will be completely effective 98% of the day because you will die. Say more, what do you mean by that? Yeah, well, so if, if for eight hours a day, you are just constantly using your brain to make awesome stuff for the whole eight hours every day, it's pretty much like going and doing super extensive cardio eight hours every single day. Gotcha. You're like a burnout. Yeah. Yeah, you'll burn out in no time at all. And not only that, but you will you will actually hate everything. <laughs> um, so, you know, we do need the, the um, getting up and moving around. The things that we feel like are wasteful are things that we're actually doing to repair the structure of our brain, to process what we're thinking about, and to pull us out of the stressful situation of creation and put ourselves more into a... Um, I guess, more relaxed state so that our brains are like, oh, ah, okay. And then, 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 you, then you hit it again. Um, and uh, what I've been doing recently is uh, we use a tool called a Pomodoro, uh, which is you work for 25 minutes and then you take a five-minute break and then you work for 25 minutes and you take a five-minute break and you actually have a timer that goes ding, <laughs> that lets you know because you won't know. So I didn't set a timer the other day. I've been doing this for months. I said I didn't set a timer the other day and I worked for three hours and I didn't even notice. Huh. Um, because because we do, we get into what we're doing and the the Pomodoro breaks start to feel like an interruption. But I can go now, I can do a, um, a very, very productive, very, very effective work day that is now also very efficient because those little breaks that I take where I get up and I take a short walk, um, that gets my blood pumping. 
it calms me down. It lets my brain process a little bit. And then when I come back, I'm going to do an even better job that next 25 minute round than before. Do you work on the same task during different Pomodoros or are you switching tasks from say, you know, f- say you were writing for 25 minutes, take a five minute break. Do you come back and answer emails or do you continue your writing? What's the, well, I will try and continue. I will try and do the task that I'm on until it's done. Got it. Uh, in personal Kanban, the work in process limits that we set for people are generally, you know, three to five. And that's because we live in a real world. <laughs> so we recognize that you can't finish everything all the time. So sometimes it's, I'm working on, um, this writing project and now I have to get up and go to this meeting or I have to deliver this webinar. I have to do this other thing. So these other tasks will definitely work their way into your day. Uh, but the goal is that during that 25 minutes, you're focused on the thing that you're working on. You know, if you finish it, you can move on to the next task, but you kind of draw a little bubble around yourself and you say, don't bug me during these 25 minutes in an office setting, you know, when I'm not working at home or when I'm with clients or whatever, one of our clients, in fact, has set up a Pomodoro room. Hmm. And so you're like, okay, I need to go focus. And their, their rule is you can't do more than two Pomodoros in a row because you are part of the company. Interesting. Yeah. So if you are another person, uh, you know, if you're a person and somebody needs you, they can go to the Pomodoro room and they look in and each of the desks has a timer on it. And they're just like, oh, cool. Uh, I can go chat with Alon in, you know, 20 minutes. I can wow. totally wait. But if you don't have that timer, then people are like, when am I going to talk to him? Oh, my God. (laughs) And that derails their day. Visual control that says everything's okay. Calm down. (laughs) But, you know, this this is how the system's working. Brilliant. So now let's talk a little bit about the functionality. So we know it's it's visualize your work, Mm -hmm. limit your work. You you were talking about work in progress, limited Mm -hmm. to three to five, things like that. But... Can we kind of take it a step further and just show people maybe what this looks like or, or what the structure of this would be? Sure. Let me do this. Let me very quickly, if the world will let me do this. Uh, all right. So I'm going to share my, my screen. And um, there we go. So um, there are many, many uh, products out there right now that will allow you to do a personal Kanban online. There's Kanbanery, there's Kanban Flow, there's uh, Lean Kit. Uh, this one is Trello, uh, and I'm using Trello simply because it's the easiest one to set something up in. And I'll show you why it's not maybe not the best one in a minute. But so what we would do here is we would have um, uh, options and doing with the width limit and width. By the way, guys, is work in progress. Indeed it is. All right. So now we have three, three columns here. And in those columns, you know, in our options, we're going to put everything that we could be doing right now. All of the stuff that would be in that to-do list on a grand scale will go into that options column. So things uh, like write a book, uh, hire a virtual assistant. Yeah. Um, uh, so uh, <laughs> we'll just we'll use it. So one of the problems with write a book, and I can say that because we actually did this, um, 
is uh, that write a book is too big. So that's why I wanted to use that one. Yeah. So if you pull in, that might be better. Um, if you pull in, write a book, uh, write a book is going to sit there for months and months and months. And the goal here is, let's say that our cards are more like um, research workflow. And so we're going to do some research for workflow. And that's a task that will actually flow into done. And what we're trying to do here is build a system where we're watching work flow from column to column. And as that work flows, you learn about how you finish your work, what work you like to finish, you know, and uh, what things trip you up uh, and better ways to, uh, to work. So it's every time it's, uh, you know, do this thing with Jeff. Okay, Jess, good enough. Uh, so we move that in and it sits there for a week. And then the next time I have something to do with Jess, it sits there for a week. And the next time I do something with Jess, it sits there for a week. I learned that I've got some issue with working with Jess that's making these tickets not flow. Is it because Jess is unavailable? Is it because Jess is annoying? <laughs> I, I don't know what it is at the moment, but you know, now I can take a look at that and I can say, okay, hey, uh, I, need to, uh, uh, I need to do something about that. Um, what we want to do here is we see that we have a whip limit of three. We'll just go ahead and use the tickets we already have there. Three, three, three. Okay. We all, we're all products likely in one way or another, even globally of Sesame street. <laughs> we all have perfectly wonderful, active Sesame street brains. We all know that three is three and four is greater than three. Okay. <laughs> so, so even though this system is really simple, what's happened now is we've created a system where our brains are going to say, I don't feel comfortable breaking this, this rule, right? And the reason for this, as Alan mentioned, was this. We have in our brain something that's called the Zygarnik effect. And the Zygarnik effect says that when we start a um, task, we don't stop thinking about it. So if I end up having 15, 16 things that I'm doing at a time, which most people who are listening to this probably do, yep. then we're constantly thinking about all that stuff. So it's like if you're walking, if you're standing there and uh, your spouse says, can you hold this? And you say yes. And then they say this and you say yes. And then they say this and this and this and this and this. And soon you're that, you know, that, that quintessential guy in the department store at Christmas where he's holding, you know, the box. <laughs> Boxes on his head. <laughs> um, and they, we now, we have reduced our capacity to focus on the thing that we're working on because we're thinking constantly about all the things that we're actually putting aside right now. And we're not just remembering that they exist because all of these things we, we never do things for ourselves. Always, we always have a customer. We always have somebody that we're doing something for. Yeah. So we have to think about them and what they want and when they want it and how what will please them and what won't and who we're working with and how much it will cost and what our penalties will be for not completing it. There's a lot of stuff that goes into each of these, each of these tickets, right? So, um, so, 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 don't, don't, don't do that. 
um, so uh, the screen share thing happens to be right on top of my other my other tickets. So I'm gonna have to nuke some. Uh, this is we have an online school, and this is the Kanban for our online school. So the uh, in this case, the doing column is all of this stuff, right? It's called a value stream. So when we do any segment for the school, it flows through pre-production and filming and post-production and review and putting it on the site and so forth. And so each one of these units that we're doing, you know, has to be written, has to be filmed, has to do this, has to do that. And what happens now is that since John and Tony Ann and the other people at our company and I all share this board, we know exactly where all of our work is at any time. So now as a group, you know, we have our, the personal board that we just looked at, but now we also have this shared board that allows us as a group of people to work together and to not have to have status meetings, not have to talk about the state that things are in because it's all here in the and if we go into some of these tickets, let's find them with some notes. Um, there's, you know, where the files are and what state things are in and, um, and so forth. Um, now, this looks pretty, pretty messy to most people because we're used to the board. Yeah. <laughs> and other people aren't. But our doing column is right here. You can see that our little heads are on there. So we know that we're, as individuals, we're not going to pull in more than three tasks at a time. These are my two tasks. Uh, right now I'm shooting a video and I'm getting tickets to speak in Nashville next week. Uh, Tony Ann is working on these three videos, uh, doing research and so forth. And, um, and John has actually gone on vacation, so he's not working on anything. <laughs> <laughs> so, so lucky him. That's the form. Uh, the form is that we have, we have tickets. We generally have a stuff you haven't done yet, stuff you're working on, and stuff that's complete column. As you move up in, um, I guess, proficiency, your boards can become, as you can see, more and more complicated. But that initial options doing done board is where we always start everybody. And to be very clear, it's usually done with this may be the only time in my life I'm not directly attached to a post-it note. <laughs> we always, in fact, um, in fact, just to, to drive the point home here, uh, you saw that we had the digital boards. Um, but what we can also see here is that I actually do have a board on the wall here. I love uh, it. That's literally on your door. It's literally, literally right there on the door. Yes. That's amazing. That's like, that's the no excuse policy. That's the, uh, you know, everyone's like, well, I'm going to have to go out and get a whiteboard and this and that. You're like, no, just stick it on your wall. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, I live, I live almost entirely in hotels. <laughs> uh, there aren't a lot of whiteboards in my hotel rooms, but what there is, is there's always stuff that needs to be done. And, um, one of the things about having it there is that it's real, it's tactile, and you can't shut it off. Yeah. So one of the most important things about a Kanban is that it's always on and it's always staring at you and saying, this is what's going on. And the moment that you can minimize it is the moment that you can easily ignore it. It's out of sight, out of mind. So I always have that, that personal 
uh, physical board right there so that I, um, you know, can get my, get my stuff done. Oh, well, we'll leave it there. Hopefully you guys uh, are able to watch this on YouTube. I know some of you guys listen in the car on your phones, but I highly recommend that you actually listen to this on YouTube just because he actually screen shares his workflow and what that looks like. And I don't know, for me, I'm very visual. So it was really, really helpful. Uh, look, my recommendation is this, go grab the book on Amazon. Um, there, there's no audiobook. I don't think you need an audiobook. I thought, I think you want the heart, the soft cover in your hands. There's a lot of pictures and examples and things like that, that, um, I think you get a lot of juice from and yeah, it just, just an amazing conversation about what it means and personal Kanban to me is personal responsibility. It's like, how do you become more effective? How do you become grounded in what it is that you're good at and not good at? How do you deconstruct those limiting things that are holding you back? Well, the only way to do that is to have something like Jim talks about present and in your face at all times. So I can't recommend it enough. Definitely, definitely go grab this book. So one last reminder before we wrap up here today, if you haven't already grabbed the app that all of your fellow Satorians are going gaga over, then I would recommend to do it right now. Well, I guess if you're driving, maybe not just this second, but when you get a chance, go to your iTunes or Google Play Store, search for Satori Prime and download it today. You'll get access, like I said earlier, to an amazing and life-changing 10-part mini-series. And if you want to know the clear steps to create the have-it-all life for yourself, this app is an absolute must. Like I said, and you can hear in my voice, we are incredibly excited to share it with you and be with you inside of our community. So we'll see you there. So that's it, my friends. That's today's episode. I just want to thank you for being part of our Have It All family and truly, truly thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to help or give back in any way possible, the best way would be to share this or any other episode that you loved with your family, friends, or colleagues. And if you'd be so great as to just leave us a rating and a comment on either iTunes or Stitcher, whichever you use, that helps us tremendously. It only takes about two to three minutes of your time and would mean the world to us. Finally, I want to let you know that if you want to get even more exclusive content from Guy and I, just head over to satoriprime.com and make sure you join our mailing list. Now, I know what you might be thinking, God, not another mailing list, but I promise you, you'll only get an email or two from us per week and it will always have amazing videos and articles that I'm sure you're going to love. Promise. So until next time, you can join our ongoing conversation at the Have It All Facebook group where you can let us know how we're doing and what we can do to improve. Love you all and we'll see you on the next Have It All podcast. Have an amazing, amazing day, my friends. Mm-hmm.